divine feminine is just as powerful as divine masculine. And that's the misconception that I needed to clear the last couple years. It's like, you don't have to step into your masculinity to make your point or to show up strongly or to be powerful. So the misconception is that they're not, they are not just as powerful. The conception, the truth is that they are just as powerful. They just have different strengths. Hello, everybody. My name is Brazil, and welcome to my podcast. Today, we have a very special guest. She is a dancer, a choreographer, an educator, an actress, a leader, um, somebody who is bringing positive, divine energy into this world. And I have a lot of respect for her. Her name is Bryn Nicole. Welcome, Bryn. Thank you so much. That was quite the intro. I was like, the only one I didn't believe was true is the actress, but I'm calling it in this year. Well, yeah, you just started so the music video I did. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> I guess I consider that dancing. But it's funny because I teach my students that we're actresses that dance. We don't talk, you know? Yeah, well, most of communication is body language. And when I'm doing a music video, it, unless it has a lot of actual dialogue, if there's not much dialogue, but you just have to act like there is, mm -hmm. I tend to hire dancers instead of actors. Yeah. Because they can communicate with, with their body more. Right. Even models don't know how to do it in motion. They might be able to hit a pose. Right. But they can't move quirky and then know what that means to move quirky like you did. Right. 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 And then turn it up the other direction. Like, Let alone to music. Yes. That's a whole different language as well. Yeah. How did you like that experience of the music video we did? I had, like, I, first of all, I was calling that in for a minute. Yeah. Because I realized I hadn't been manifesting any industry-like opportunities mm. for a while. And I was just really content with my online membership and my classes and my class videos and just being right. in the influencer world and teaching world predominantly. But right. then I realized I had limited beliefs that were, <laughs> sorry, I keep hitting this. It's okay. <laughs> that were dormant. Yeah. Um, and so those got unlocked. And so I just recently started calling in more opportunities that align with me is what I say. Like, I want to attract all industry opportunities that are aligned with my light, with my gifts, like where we will enhance each other. Yes. So then I know if anything that comes in, I'm like, okay, this must be a vibe match, which it was. Right. And yeah, so I loved all the scenes. I love, sorry, puppy is here. It's all good. Yeah. If you guys hear she usually doesn't cry. a little puppy in the background, that is her That's new honey. baby. That's honey. And then if you hear a dog like scratching for his life, that's my dog Brazi yeah. in the patio right now, who's really jealous and wishes he could be in the room. Children, we yeah. just we're we're parents. Um, yes, and I, you know, for going back to that last scene where you said quirkiness and you're yeah. like you tapped into it, I I don't know if this is a dancer thing or a me thing. I'm mm. not sure or like a actress. I don't know where it comes from, but I, I get very affected from movies and music videos. I'll remember a scene where there was an energy in the scene I really liked, I will grab it in my memory and I could recreate the energy easily. It's yeah. like I, I understand what was transmitted. And so the first time we did that take where I needed to be quirky, I didn't have like a vision in mind of inspo, what I was like going from. Mm -hmm. And then you specified your direction and I thought of Cameron Diaz and Charlie's Angels when she <laughs> was shaking her butt to the camera. Do you remember? I don't remember that scene. Oh, she was in like little boy shorts. I don't think I've ever seen like, Charlie's Angels all the way through. Oh, okay. This is like an iconic scene. Okay. Okay. It's just like she embodied that dork that yes. is just so cute. Yeah, a lovable dork. Yeah, like yeah. Where she wasn't being sexy. She was being adorable. You used the yeah. that's what she was being. Yeah. So that's what I, I tapped into that movie scene. 
And when you did it, that was the one take. I know. You were like wrapped. I was like, wow, that was but I told you I could like I absorbed the energy from that scene very deeply. Yeah, it's it's like almost you watch a piece of art and you can tap into the frequency that they're at. Yeah, one hundred percent. Would you consider yourself an empath? Yeah, which means, right, you just feel emotions deeply. Yeah. Yes, completely. I feel like everyone defines it a little differently, so I wanted to kind of see how, how do you define it. it. I think being empathetic, yeah, means to be in tune with your emotions and in tune with others. Yeah. I think healthy empath is when you know the difference between the two. Because mm. some people say it negatively. Are you, I'm so empathetic. Or some people say it with confidence and awareness. You yeah. Know? yeah, you're right. I, I, I can definitely recognize sometimes when I've heard people say I'm an, an, an empath almost as like a martyr. Yeah. They're like, oh, I feel everybody. Yeah. And I think that also depends on your relationship with that, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I like being a giver, but I think if we give too much um, unconsciously, then we start resenting a situation when we feel like we're actually not getting something in return. Not that you should give to receive. No, right. But I think but you're that, aware. yeah, sometimes we're, um, we have lack perspective on the gifts that we have, right? Mm -hmm. Like if somebody's an empath, but then they're like sad about it, then maybe they're perceiving it in not the most empowering way, or maybe they're connecting with people that have too much of a pain frequency. Or yeah, they, it's affected them negatively more than positively. Yeah. And they're focusing on that, yeah. What made you start your community? My communities have evolved. So when you said that, I was like, which one? Because I feel like I have two. I know I have two. I have the Honeybee community, which is my online portal. Okay. And then I have PF Gang, which is my confidence community. Yes. Yeah. What made you want to lead a community of, of people? You're asking that and I'm like, it really wasn't necessarily a conscious choice. It just is natural okay. for me. And I, I wonder when you asked that, I was like, well, it's just like what I'm, it's just how I operate. You know, it wasn't like I, I thought to because of. Yeah. Um, what, what's I, the mission behind it? Let's go there. They have two different ones, but they funnel into each other really nicely. Okay. Um, sorry, I feel so... Do you mind holding her? Yeah. She would love that. And then she won't cry. I bet Yanni would love that too. <laughs> okay. Okay, I think she would love that yeah. too. <laughs> okay, and then just remember, she's a potty, being potty trained. She'll pee on you. Okay. Aww. You just have to put the pad under her. The cutest dog. Oh my We'll have to get a shot to flash it in the podcast for people yeah, to see. Yeah, just like <laughs> the most the adorable little dog. What kind yeah, of dog you is put she? That on the floor, English bulldog. English bulldog. Oh my god. Oh, she already peed on that one. Okay, well then you're probably in the clear for a minute. Perfect. Aww. Yeah. Okay, now she won't cry, and I can focus. It made me feel really bad when I heard her cry. I was like having a hard time with my train of thought. Empath. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, okay, so I. <laughs> Yeah, pump, with confidence, my mission, hold on, let me sit on this, because it evolves, right? Yeah. So my mission was one thing when I started it, changes every year, I would say. What was it when you started it, when you started confidence? Confidence became what I thought being a music artist would have given me, mm. which is a platform to send messages and express every aspect of what I always feel like I have an itch to do. Mm. And uh, I, that itch isn't a selfish one because if it was, I would just do it in my house. Okay. You know, it's definitely one of like, I like creating this experience to give it outwardly and share it together. For those who don't know, what is confidence? Like what is the program? Yeah, no, that's probably a good, yeah. I just assume everyone knows it because it's my it, world. Yeah. No, but confidence is my heels class. 
that I started at Millennium Dance Complex in about 2013. Okay. And um, it just started as a heels class. Like it didn't have my brand name involved right away. Right. My class actually was called Pumps by Millennium's Nature. And right. then Jersey's was called uh, Heels. Okay. So we, I saw she built off of heels. She called her brand Hottie Heels. Right. And I was like, okay, is this a thing? Do we, do we make a brand for ourselves? It felt right to think about it. I didn't do it just because it seemed like a thing. I just went, it kind of got my brain stirring. Like maybe I should. Yeah. And then pumps, I started using pumps and actually someone came after me and was like, I already have pumps. It was someone I've never met. I don't know who it was, but they were like, it's trademarked. You can't, or pumped. I was going to call it pumped. pumped. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. With apostrophe D. Okay. And they were coming for me, which was so meant to be, because I don't think that was meant to be my name. Yeah. Because that doesn't have the world, the word involved that is the inner aspect. It sounds nice. Confidence. It just like flows, right? Yes. And it feels like a word, like Madonna. Yes. You know, it's like yes. a, it's a powerful word. But yeah, I just, I saw so I was like, I want to make a brand that feels right to me. I felt like I could see business working long-term out of that yeah. from the heart. And so then I was like, I definitely want to involve an inner word, you know, something that helps someone understand it's pumps plus this other thing. Yeah. So I tr I actually looked up just a list of spiritual words and I was like, I'm just trying to pair them together. Pump love, mm -hmm. pump passion. Or like, yeah, I was just like trying to make words. <laughs> and then confident, it literally went in alphabetical order. Yeah. And then confidence came up and I literally just said confidence. Like it just came out. Mm -hmm. And I was like, that's the only one that actually like it made a word. It made a baby. Yeah. That made sense. Like confidence. Yes. You understood both of them. It sounds like a word. Right? Like yes. and you get that it's derived from confidence. Like that was clear. Yeah. So that's how that's how that happened. <laughs> and then it went from like a few people, you know, like the yeah. normal traditional story. It went from like ten people and then it was like getting sold out a lot and the energy was amazing. There's and, lots to share. And when women, or I guess people, right? Because I'm sure that you probably had some male students at some mm -hmm, point as mm -hmm. well, right? When they come to your class, what do you think they're hoping to get? I think that's so unique to every individual. I really think some women want to connect to their sexy again for whatever reason. Could be they lost touch with it from childhood. Maybe their parents always shunned it, but they had this deep desire. Could be from a boyfriend, mm. their own inner desire untouched by anybody. Yeah. Um, also could just be like they're incredible dancers. Maybe they followed my YouTube channel and they fell in love with the combos. Like there's so many reasons. What do you feel like you give? To what? my students? Yeah. How would you describe it? I feel like my biggest passion now, present and in awareness is helping every dancer understand that these combos should be used therapeutically, not perfectly. What does that mean? therapeutically yeah. to use it that way yeah. to feel it more than you think about it. Mm. And of course, though, then I realize, okay, if that's my main mission to feel these dances more than you think about them, I realize that that comes though. I'm able to say that because my physicality is so well built. Right. I don't have to think about my balance like I did at one point or so on and so forth. So I realize though, when I say my mission, people go, okay, but I'm still like struggling to even remember the choreo. Right, <laughs> and right. And then I go, okay. So it's also about helping the logical, it's kind of like really teaching the divine masculine and divine feminine approach to how to get really good. I don't want to use the word, how to be really 
um, successful yeah. at this style. More complete by having the balance of the energies. And like logically understanding both are needed. Yes. Like the divine masculine understanding of my style is that you're an athlete. You do have to work out. You do have to have strong muscles. You do have to work your brain muscles as well. You yes. do have to have an ear for music and you have to train those things like yes. so much in order for any of it to become second nature. Right. Like none of that will take a week to one month to like all of that to be good feeling inside of you and second nature. It'll take years. So yeah. logically, you just have to understand that. Some women I think want to come in one class and be like, <laughs> It was a, it was ten times better than I thought it would be. Mm -hmm. But it's even good if it was one times better. Yeah. Than you thought it would be. You yeah. Know? Because especially if you can be challenged, that's when you know you're growing. Even like that's the thing. It's like we have to also be aware of what we're comparing ourselves to. Because if you left and thought something like disappointing, then you're. What if there was ten amazing things there, lessons that you're missing because you went in comparing yourself to this insane thing you thought you needed to be yeah. instead of just going in therapeutically. Well, that's why they say, you know, expectations can get in the way of happiness, right? Because, mm -hmm. you know, gratitude is the opposite of expectations. Gratitude is appreciating what is, expecting, saying, I'll be happy only if, right? right? And obviously, logically, we all have some level of expectations. But, Healthy. But um, when we're in a learning environment, we should appreciate the whole thing. Like whether I do really good in a class or if I get my ass kicked, mm -hmm. it's maybe I needed to, to mm -hmm. be like, wow, I'm really not balanced here. Maybe I need to work on this muscle or do this or do that. You know, like there's different ways to perceive the learning process. And that's also why I'm passionate about teaching too, because I feel like I understand the mental health aspect of a learning experience. Like yeah. some people might come in expecting, but it might be so deeply brainwired yeah. Those expectations. Yeah. So I, because I have been challenged, still overcome it daily by OCD, I understand brain wirings deeper than maybe just the average person that hasn't experienced OCD. Yeah. Because it's very deep in your wiring and like you believe very deep things due to the repetitive nature of it. Yeah. But that's why sometimes I know like one strong thing to say to, I could tell when empathetically, She's in her head. She's not connected. She's fully connected. Like I could see it throughout my room. So if I see enough that are in the head space, I'll say like one sentence that I know will get those people to come back to the room. Yes. And if I see someone that's living and I think that person could be really helping like these people in the room, I'll say, you know, I want to feature this person right now. I'm just like, I'm in tune with what's going on in the room all the time. Like a conductor of an orchestra. Yeah. There's all these energies here and you're like weaving them together to get a, a collective effect of growth, mm -hmm. right? It, yeah, being empathetic is, um, and being aware is very challenging, but it's I wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah. Because I could be like intuitively, intuitively thinking, I need to be saying this right now because I could feel the room needs it, but I could feel this one energy go, I just want to dance. Right. I wish you would stop talking. Yeah. <laughs> and then I have to silence that out in order to like stay tuned with my message. And I have to sometimes like look at them in the eye and say my message to them. Yeah. Because subconsciously what I'm saying is I know you want to dance right now, but you also need to hear this. Because like I could feel yeah. all the things. And I see um, from your posts that you also do like journaling work. 
mm-hmm. things like that. That's a part of your honeybee community? Yeah, that's a part of my honeybee so community. So explain to, to people who have no idea what that is and yeah. how that works. Like, what is that process? When somebody signs up for it, what do they get? I love this. I'm like, yep, I want to talk about this so much because I'm so passionate about, I think that I've paid for a lot of therapy. I've paid for a lot of healing sessions. Yeah. I've invested in intensives and things myself to know like the value that you're getting yeah. for this is incredible, but it wouldn't have existed without quarantine because I had to get off the rabbit wheel of my in-person demand. I think so many of us did. Um, But I've always been business minded. Like I think that's, I know that's why I've gone very far with dance being like, I can just shape shift it and kind of make it fit my life and what I'm wanting at at that point in time because of my business mind. And so once quarantine hit, my first thought is like, okay, how do I make money? What do I need to do? How can I use also what I've already built to build something on top of it that will funnel back? I like to, I like to make everything lucrative. Yes. And um, like an ecosystem. If I don't understand how it fits in the ecosystem, I lose inspiration for making it come to life. Right. Right. But if I get how it feeds this and this and this, then I am like, I will. It's it. Like it's in my it's in my life now. Yeah. And so I saw that the online membership was going to provide my tutorial space because, you know, we've made tutorials together. And I always was thinking, like, I really want to make my own. Like, I want it to be – I have so many combos. I'm not one of those teachers that teaches once a month. Right, right. I produce four combos a month. So I knew that, like, I could be – Dish, I could have my own website for yes. just my tutorials. I don't need yes. to be a part of Steezy because I have right. so many. Yes. And so, um, and I also knew I wanted to be more in control of just the aesthetics of it and mm-hmm. like how it's given. But I knew I couldn't just do dance only. I knew this was my opportunity to involve spirituality. Right. And they go hand in hand. They just, they go <laughs> hand in hand. Like, and of course. I... Yeah. The, so my web team, they're incredible. Like I was able to talk with them about, this is what I, th- I think I want. I want a half spiritual video, half dance tutorial thing. Mm-hmm. And then we talked about like how to create that. And then they pitched a membership and like they do a lot of research. They'll be members of other people's online things to kind of see what they like about this membership, what right, they didn't right. like about this one. And so they're their expertise went into mine and they were able to help me realize like, okay, they asked me how many videos can you produce a month? Like on your worst month guaranteed, how many videos? So they asked me all these questions to make sure like I can keep this up every month. You know, I was a part of a membership where you paid 30 a month and it doesn't guarantee how many new things you get in there every month. Right. It just says every month, new content. Right. And I didn't like that mystery because I'm like, so is that one video a month that I'm just like continuously paying? You know, I really liked that. No, I'm giving you four a month. And that's a lot because each one is like an hour long. Yeah, absolutely. So anyway, um, my membership is made, the whole like mission is dance and divinity. Okay. Those two words, DD, whatever that L stands for, I'm not sure. But um, so it's half confidence tutorials, half going in with Bryn, spiritual videos. And every video, even the dance tutorials, come with a journal prompt. So I come up with six questions okay. for that video. And they're like they're like maybe related to the song or the purpose of that dance? Both, yep. Got it. Like what did the song mean to you? Were you able to connect to it? What was blocking you? If you could do this dance again, what do you think you want to do differently? Like just kind of putting down your thoughts on paper so you have a game plan when you go back into the dance again. Yes. That's an important thing to do with many areas of life. Completely. Is have conscious intention. 
going into it. Otherwise, mm-hmm. we're just going to be at the effect of right. whatever's happening. Or, or just do it again Yeah, and go, I wanted to change that, but we didn't think about how we wanted to change it. So it, we just keep doing the thing we didn't like. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a, the power of questions, right? They can con- completely control our focus. Com- and what we focus on, we feel. Questions have like saved my life. What are some powerful questions that have uh, impacted you? What is this showing me? That was a question that was taught to me through Alta, the healer that I would see consistently for three years. Now she's just like a soul sister. What is this showing me? What is this showing me? Mm-hmm. That question made me see things differently or like it opens up doors, Yeah. right? Because you might experience this, but then you don't like that feeling. And even to that feeling, you can go, what is that feeling showing me? Yeah. Yeah, so what is this showing me is my favorite question. Yeah. My other favorite question is, am I being that? <laughs> so am like, I the drama? <laughs> right, like, yeah, like, um, if, I, <laughs> if I want something from someone, I want yeah. this ex- exceptional friendship where I want this, and I go, but am I being a good friend? Mm. Like, am I being what I want to receive? Or, um, yeah, mm-hmm, that checks me a lot. Yeah. Where did your personal development journey start consciously? Like, did you, was there like a time where you decided to go to your first workshop? Were you always into it? Were your parents into it? Like for me, when I was a kid, my parents put me out to Tony Robbins mm-hmm. when I was like a teenager. Mm-hmm. So I started listening to that and I had mentors. They would give me psychology books, marketing books. I always had people that would put me onto things that would feed my mind, right? I was lucky enough to have that. So I really consumed a lot of it. Like mm-hmm. to this day, I listen to podcasts all the time. I'm constantly in a feeding my mind kind of culture, mm-hmm. right? But it started with my mentors and my parents. Mm-hmm, How did mm-hmm. it start with you, the conscious process? It definitely started with my mom, Yeah, for sure. My mom always involved God and angels in a non-religious way, Okay, just in a spiritual way. And then she would always just see like the love and God in things easily. Mm. She saw God in a spill, like if a spill happened on the tablecloth, she'd be like, wait a second, I see something in this. And so she taught me to to play with mistakes more and that there are no mistakes, Mm. which I think is a very godly belief. So it started there. And then when I was 11, that was my first experience with OCD. And I lost my relationship with God completely during that year because I was just sucked into the human experience, the brain and the mind only. And then it was remembering that there's a presence, higher power called mm-hmm. God that completely saved me from that year. Really? And then I just prayed so deeply to God to like make whatever I didn't I was eleven. I didn't know I thought it was voices in my head, but it was my voice. Yeah. But I thought it was other voices. Really? Yeah, I didn't know. Because imagine before this <laughs> 11 years old <laughs> uh, moment, I had never had these thoughts right. that were coming in. You mean like uh, maturing thoughts? like No, OCD-like thoughts, which is which stands for obsessive compulsive disorder, if you've never heard of it. Right. I'll be an, I'm were about you, to be an advocate obs- for it. Were you obsessing over something particular or was it everything? It feeds on everything once you give one thing power, okay. but it starts somewhere. Got it. Yeah. Where did it start for you? With getting everything I wanted at 11 years old <laughs> that I had decided um, I wanted at that age. I decided certain experiences yeah. without realizing it. You know, I just got motivated because I saw a movie and I saw certain things that like, 
coming back to school, the energy of like going back to school. I always yeah. wanted to reinvent myself when yeah. I came back to school. Like I'm gonna be, they're gonna be like, oh my god, that's Bryn. Like I always had this like fantasy that that's how I would come back to school. Okay. So going back to school motivated me, but then I saw Bring It On <laughs> at 11, 12, that movie, and it changed my life. And because um, before that movie, I was always like just chill and mild. And right. my mom saw my outgoingness, but like nobody else. Right. And um, that movie, I loved the characters in that movie. I loved like the confidence in those girls. I thought they were sexy. I was ready to be sexy. I was ready to like be girly and confident. So I decided when I go into fifth grade, I'm going to be popular. Like everyone will want to <laughs> date me because my school like matured quickly. There was boyfriend, yeah. girlfriends and stuff. Right. And um, I had a crush on Robert who was is my ex-husband. Um, and I was like, really? he's going to be my in boyfriend. Yeah. I met him in first grade, but like in fifth grade was wow. when I said he's going to be my boyfriend. Wow. And then, um, yeah. So I decided this whole thing and then it all happened. And then, like, I went from being, like, not popular right. to I was. And, like, these girls that were popular, mm -hmm. I was at their house. <laughs> Almost then, like in Mean Girls. Like you were, yeah, uh, yeah. You're, it was that scenario. Yeah. And then, like, Robert was my boyfriend. And I was, like, I in, like, a matter of two weeks, my life looked completely different. And I was so on a, It was so crazy. It's, it's a very spiritual experience what happened to me um, because it was, like, my highest high, right? Yeah. In my whole life, I was just, like, walking down the corridor, like, feeling so confident like i felt confidence yes yeah, so you got the validation all of it i got yeah. all of it like whatever no yeah. i got the call i got the validation i got the self-love i got the like i felt cute like all this stuff mm -hmm. and i was like on cloud nine and i was walking down the corridor and there was some cracks in the floor and my mind i didn't know it was my mind though i thought it was a, a voice okay said step on this side and you'll keep everything you have but step on this side and you'll lose it all so in that moment, that was the first time that had ever happened to me. Which side was it talking about? Which one was it lose it all? I don't know which one, left okay. or right. I don't okay. know. But I listened no, but, to but it. But I mean, was it saying like, continue doing what you're doing, you'll lose it all? Or was no, it- No, step on. Like it gave the crack in the floor power. Okay. It said it, like- Oh, literally a literally crack Literally a crack in the floor. Oh, like, like an actual like yes. OCD about like, if I like, like step on a crack, big Move this back, mouse kind of over yeah. here and you'll die or move it here and you'll live. Oh. Like that kind of a thing. I used to have that about balancing right and left. Like if I would scratch my right side, I'd have to scratch my left side. Or if I spun a chair three times to the right, yeah. I would feel weird unless I spun it three times to the yeah, left and yeah. brought it back. Do you know that every time I tell this to someone, someone tells me something they do back? Really? Every time. There's there's actually only one person that never told me something back out of like maybe a hundred. Do you still have... I know we're kind of jumping in the story, but... Yeah, yeah. So... First of all, okay, so you, so you were in fifth grade. Uh-huh. You became popular. Yep. You got the boyfriend. Yep. And then after you got all these things, you noticed yourself becoming OCD. Well, that one voice came in. Just, it was just this one moment where it started. Okay. I'll never forget it because it was the moment I experienced that voice. Okay. That fear. Like I could lose all this stuff. I never had that fear before. Yeah. So I listened because yeah. I'm like, why wouldn't I listen to that? I'm like, I want to keep everything. So then that, it went from once, maybe a couple of days to like once a day to like twice a day to three to four to five to all day long. Wow. And it went from starting on, it's, it attacks what you value because it uses your fears. Right. And so your fears are connected to what you really want or love or care about in a way. 
And so, yeah, that's why it's unique for everybody. Yeah. Because we all have our own unique desires and fears and things. So how did that affect your relationship? How did that go? Did you guys stay together after fifth grade? No. <laughs> um, well, only because he was a player and he like dated everybody. But no, he didn't date everybody. I'm not trying to make myself sound less special, but he dated only the popular girls and he would like cycle through them. So my turn was over. But no, the after school ended, when it was summertime is when it got really bad because it, it attacks when when I'm alone the most. Mm. Like when I'm with people and, and when my mind is being used, but that voice can't come in. Right. When I'm in the flow of something, that's why I used to think it never happens to me when I'm dancing. Mm. I never experienced this, oh, this frustrating experience when I'm dancing. So that's why dance right. became like my safe haven because it's where my mind just like shut the fuck up. Is dance an experience that always requires presence for you? Yes. Now as an adult that I'm aware of presence, like as a child, I realized I would say when dance is where my brain goes silent. So I created that experience Yeah. because that's what I just believed from my experience. But right. now as an adult, I go, oh, pre we know so much more now, right? Yeah. Presence is a choice. I have to focus on my breath. It's like there's so <laughs> many things. So it's like learning how to be present, but learning how to be present. Yeah. Like it's like they're two different things. Yeah. Yeah. So then what happened with your OCD journey? So well, I prayed it away. So from 11 to 12, okay. that's when I finally, I had it. I had it. And I prayed to God, take this away, like make the voice stop. I just want my life back. Like I just want to be happy because I was always so happy. I was always so like easygoing and chill. I saw the best in things. And this one year was just like, I saw the worst in everything yeah. all the time. Yeah. And I hated it. So I just prayed it away because it was so uncomfortable. And then I forget the timeline, but I honestly think it was like the next day or a day. It just like Almost immediately, I just felt stronger and I couldn't explain it at the time. I just like, I just did. And my mind, in hindsight, I say that I know it to be my mind now, but then again, I still thought it was just a voice. Right. My mind would tell me to do something and mm -hmm. I just went, no. Yeah. And I just like stopped literally listening. Yeah. I just went, no. Because I felt this protection that like, I don't know, energetically I felt that I had the power to say no. Yes. And I didn't have that. I didn't even realize that was a choice before. Right. Because until we understand meditation, we think that we are the thinker of our thoughts. When right. most times we're, we're listening. Yeah. We're the, we're the consciousness that's hearing the thoughts. We right. We can choose to agree with it or not. But just because I think something doesn't mean I believe that thought. 100%. I thought some crazy things. Okay. And I'm like, Who is that me? I mean, <laughs> if you see a movie and it inputs a yeah. hundred disgusting scenarios in your mind, of course that's going to, you. it's going to like bubble up a little sometimes. Yeah. But it's not your thought. It was planted from something. Yeah. Society, programming, whatever it is. So, okay. So the original question I asked you, right, was how your personal development journey started, right? And then we talked about OCD mm -hmm. and then you said you prayed. Mm -hmm. Yep, yep, yep. And you set an intention to let go of it and then you felt- Took the power away. Like a, a, a frequency, almost like a divine frequency that gave you the strength mm -hmm. to be more centered and say no, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And then- how did that continue? Because so now, now you're teaching at a different level. Yeah. You're teaching with specifics. Like mm -hmm. uh, what? where was your study in all this? So then I didn't touch 
like spiritual spiritual practices um, until 21 because I didn't have much at the time that I was conscious of was traumatic kind of pulling me towards it. Okay. I say that and and get like flooded with memories that were traumatic. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, every it's always those trauma moments that pull us back in to finding our spiritual anchor again, almost because we're it's so extreme that it's like we just like we go, I have nowhere else to go. I'm going to keep going down and going more down is bad. So like, yeah. how can I get back up? And it's though sometimes you don't realize that downfall until you're on the fucking ground. Yeah. So I would say every moment between 11 to 21, which wasn't a lot, like I was very driven, very hardworking, very happy, positive naturally. But if there was a trauma moment in there, those are the moments I would remember to pray. Those are the, no, I prayed pretty consistently. Or like, those are the moments I would be like, mom, my mom would see psychics sometimes. Can I have the number to your psychic? (laughs) Or like, you know, like I would like go the extra mile Mm -hmm. when trauma would hit. Yeah. But I probably, I prayed on like a daily basis. I had a daily relationship with God. Okay. And angels. But then at 21 is when the OCD resurfaced. So I wasn't touched by it for many years at all, but it resurfaced because, um, When I was married, there was an outside experience that was deeply triggering me. And I I felt attacking our relationship and our love. Mm. And it was a dynamic that couldn't be really removed from either of our lives. Mm. And it made me feel like freaked out. And from what I thought was going on and just all the things that spiraled me into, again, seeking almost security that I would give myself from outside movement. You know, like don't like (laughs) things like I gave things meaning to make my time easier, but really made it only harder. And then, and then what happened? So yeah, you're 21 mm -hmm. and then your OCD comes back, Mm -hmm. right? Because you're dealing with uh, a stressful situation. Yes. But the thing, and all the while, mind you, I'm like dancing like crazy. Dance is my passion. It's a full-blown career for me. Right, right. Again, doesn't touch me when I'm in work mode. Yeah. Like- Because then you're just in a state of flow, a state of purpose. You're focused I'm on- I'm connected. Yeah. I am connected. It's when it goes into these other areas where I'm like disconnected in a sense mm-hmm. that the OCD would live. So my, I, it almost feels like I'm living two lives. Yeah. Um, but I didn't know it was OCD back then. So I didn't, I wasn't able to identify what this was. Right. I thought it was just me. <laughs> like I just thought this is just me. This like this frustrating thing is just me. Yeah. I didn't know it actually is something that people really suffer from and that there's clinical understanding on what this is made of. It's like it's an actual mental disorder and there is like um therapeutic, not med it's not you can't cure it with medicine. Right. You actually have to cure it with meditation. Mm. You actually have to cure it with the with a knowledgeable understanding of what are these thoughts? Yes. And do I really want them? And like why do they have so much power over me? That's the thing about it's almost like a mad genius mental disorder. Yes. Because if you can overcome it, which I totally believe you can, not overcome it like it goes away. You just you learn to harness about it, it all. Yeah. yeah. So that's what it is. It's not like this magic pill that you take. Yeah. It's like you actually get smarter on the other side. 
I love that this kind of conversation is becoming more mainstream. Now. Yeah. You know, prior to really just a few years ago, mental health wasn't even in the conversation. You right. know, it it's wasn't in the, in the public sphere. Yeah. A lot of celebrities would by default present themselves as people with no problems. And it would be shocking and headline news when there was something going wrong. Oh, they had a breakup. <gasps> you know, and now mm -hmm. we're seeing like rappers talking about going to therapy. Yeah. And crying and talking about their wives and their kids. It's like there's a an emotional maturity happening in mainstream media that I think is long overdue. You know, a mental health for men and well, the light was flickering. Mm -hmm. Mental health for men and women. You mm -hmm. know, like the fact that we can talk about therapy, right? Or talk about, yeah, I'm in a group where I do journaling and I learned to dance in heels. And I think back in the day, it you almost sounded crazy if you said you went to therapy. Mm -hmm. They'd be like, oh, so what's wrong with you? Right, right. Like, oh, you're going to therapy. Something awful must have right. happened. When in reality, we all need it. Right, You know, 100%. it's like uh, if you put iPhone headphones, like the cord ones in your pocket, they're going to get tangled up. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's our emotions and our thoughts. They're like a big cluster fucking headphones in our pocket. Mm -hmm. And I think therapy is not so much changing it, but helping us untangle it mm -hmm. to see, oh, this is the line of thought that's happening, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, it's a good analogy. And um, I'm really glad that you are doing this and incorporating it with movement. Mm -hmm. Because I think a lot of times when people just do it mentally, mm -hmm. there's something missing there. For because sure. you can conceptually learn how to swim, but it's different than being in the ocean For and sure. having salt water thrown in your face. Right, you know? right. So you can sit here and like just journal all day about moving, you know, about how you want to feel like this woman. Right. <laughs> but then if you're not doing it, it's just all in your head. At the yeah. same time, you could also be moving all these kinds of ways, but if you're not conscious about what your intention is, then you might not even be using it to the best of its ability, right? Mm -hmm. Which is why I think it's so awesome that you have them journal when they do their dances, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Ask the questions, right? Like what were the questions that you asked them? They're normally? different every time, but traditionally it's like, what was your relationship like with this song? How can you enhance it? Yes. Do you know the lyrics? Can you take time to learn them? How can you deeper connect to the song so that you, when you listen to it, it's second nature? Like Yes. Mm -hmm. And it's not to say that people can't feel these things without the prompts. Right. But oftentimes we're just on repeat. Yeah. It yeah. slows you down. If you have to look at a question and answer it, sometimes what I think we do is we think of it, we kind of answer it, maybe not very fully. Yeah. So it wasn't even very like a deep clarity we got from that question that arose. Right. We didn't really harness the answer. We kind of did. And then we like prematurely act on it mm -hmm. before the answer was even like deeply ingrained in us. Yes. But like writing it out creates this deeper understanding. I think it makes more use of your time. To see it on paper. And then you read it back and you go, you just sit with it for a second. So like the process of it just makes the understanding deeper. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I found that also works with me when I have a problem. Mm -hmm. Because if I just think about the problem, it's not always a complete thought. I'm like kind of thinking about the problem and then thinking about the dishes. Right. Thinking about the problem and right. thinking about the bills. So then it just becomes this like... Circulation of yeah. unfinished thoughts. And it's like unclear. Yeah. It's like a big blurry monster yeah. that I just associate, oh, that seems painful. Maybe I should avoid it or I should run from it or I should fight it or it's whatever. It's adding to the stress now. But yeah. then when I actually write it down and say, my issue is blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, that's not that bad. Right. You know, because then you see it on paper. It has to come out of the mind and 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 exist. And I found what what helps for me is when I write things down, I have more room to think. Mm -hmm, me too. Otherwise, I feel like I'm just holding all these thoughts up. Like, hey, sorry, I can't think about you right now because I'm yeah, I'm trying to remember all these things that are in my head. Right. But when it's out, I'm like, okay, cool. That thought can live on paper. Right. Now I have room to be present. Yeah, for sure. How do you journal? 
I want to be a leading example of what I want my students or members or honeybees or souls like to be too, because I, I also always make sure people know I'm human. I might be telling you what you need, but it's also because I'm really telling mm. myself what I need. Yes. And sometimes I don't take my own advice, mm -hmm. but at least I am providing an amazing source <laughs> for you. I promise I'm working on doing my own work too. Like, yeah. because I, I expect my, my, my honeybees are mirrors for me, right? Mm -hmm. If I'm expecting them, they should be journaling every day. What I'm really saying is I should be journaling <laughs> every day. Um, but yeah, so I love guided prompts. I love giving myself a couple questions or having a guided journal where it's already pre-done. Yes. Yeah, I just got someone a, a guided journal for a present by the author of, um, uh, starts as an A, is the famous book, um, Alchemist. Oh, okay. Paulo. Paulo Coelho, yeah. He's Brazilian, right? Yeah, uh-huh. So he made a guided journal. Oh, that's awesome. And it's amazing. You should look that up. It's actually one of my favorite guided journals I've ever browsed. Like, I was in Barnes & Noble. Some of them are... Really annoying. Like some of them make me want to like, oh, that was an annoying question. Like I, they don't it's inspire funny how it's me. It's like it does make a difference which notebook you're writing on. Yeah. If it's blank, the if it's colors lying, of it, the, the colors, font the of font, it, how it folds, if it's spiral or mm -hmm. not. Like that stuff matters to me. I'm like, Completely. Mm, I don't even feel like writing on this notebook. I won't pick it up if I don't yeah. like it. Yeah. But this one is really well done. I would say it's definitely unisex energy, but it okay. almost more for a man because okay. it has like no feminine colors. It's very clean, you know, it's like the font, but I like that cleanliness. Yes. It inspires me more when it's cleaner, not so like Lisa Frank looking. Yeah. But anyway, um, all those questions were so great. Like one of the questions was, um, what is the time that you felt so connected and why? Mm. And then really that makes you see more of like that, the qualities that help you get that connected. Oh, there, I was laughing so much. It was just, it was such a funny moment that no other thought was coming in. So it's like, okay, what, what was it about that? Hu is it humor? Do you need more humor in yeah. here? So it's just those kind of questions that make you realize like, wait, yeah. that question came for a reason. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It does make a difference. I was just telling Yanni that the new notebook that I got is from a Brennan Bouchard. Um, he's like a, a coach as well. And it's mm -hmm. a guided journal as well. It has like a room for like regular notes, but it has prompts at the beginning of the day, mm -hmm. at the end of the day. And it says like one word to describe how I want to be today. Mm -hmm. And then I could say like joyful or mm -hmm. playful or mm -hmm. serious, whatever it is, you know, and just, and I don't do it every day, but the days that I remember to do it and write it down, it's just, it's nice just to have a sense of direction. For sure. And that just be at the That's a good of. question to ask every day. Yeah. And you asked me for that too when we did the music video. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. For specific words. Yeah. Of how should I be? Yes, because I connect to words deeply. So yeah. if you say one word, I could go, okay, that makes sense to me. And I knew that you were good with words too. Yeah. Well, Some the, people the might go. You, um, you nailed it. Well, thank you. I but was so was, happy to have you on that music video. Me too. You brought the amazing outfits. You helped figure out the hallway shot of going with the neon mm. thing. And you and the different energies you had at the different scenes, they were right. Mm. I can't wait for you to see it. I'm really excited. Like, I get excited to see it, not because I'm like, hope I looked hot. I'm like, I want to see if I nailed the energy I was going for. You did. It did looked it. very believable. It looked joyful when it was supposed to be joyful. It looked quirky when it was supposed to be quirky. That's good. It was uh, one of the better performances I've gotten from people. That's cool. Camera. Wow, that's so, awesome. I'm really happy for that. Um, so, okay, so we have probably like another 30 minutes here before we have to wrap up. So I have a bunch of questions I just want to get into with okay. you, okay? All right, one, 
what is one of the most common challenges your students face? I know they face all kinds of challenges, right? Mm -hmm. But in terms of like what they need work on, whether it's dancing or emotional or mental, let's just go over some of that. I think the one I'm going to say is one that people haven't really told me is theirs. It's mm -hmm. the, what I see. Okay. Is the ability to be new every time. Mm. I feel, I see a lot of just like, I know what works. I know what works. I know what works. I know what works. So I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. So it's the ability to show up in a combo like new every time. I think that's pretty much what everyone is challenged by the most. We should write that one down. I really like that. That That's a good, I want to bring that into when I do videos. Yeah. Yeah. Consciously. That's a great phrasing. How yeah. can I be, what do you say? New. How can I be new? Every time. How can time. I show up new? Mm -hmm. I like that. But it's, it's a, it's a very old soul balance you have to have, right? Because you have to be able to not throw your wisdom away, but you can't be in it the whole time Just because then nothing new is like coming in. Yeah. And then the euphoria, those magic moments won't be there because you're showing up with all your wisdom. Yeah. You know, you have to, at the perfect balance, be so wise and be so not. Yes. Be yeah. vulnerable and curious to see yeah. where else could this go. And play. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What else? What other things... Um, I think a lot of people are deeply challenged by flexibility. They start to realize how one part of their body is like the back. It's typically the back. They go, oh my God, my back's not flexible. People don't realize how archy we are in heels. Mm. Not every heels teacher, but my style definitely. Yes. Um, I think also people don't realize that, that it's a fusional style. So there's like hints of hip hop. There's hints of ballroom. There's hints of ballet. There's hints of jazz. So if you're not well-rounded there's certain textured moments that will really throw you off. You won't know how to deliver that certain moment Yeah. because it's a fusional style. Right. Yeah. So you would say it would be um, helpful to have foundation in other styles as well. Many. Mm -hmm. Like not just take your class, but maybe if they also took a beginner ballet class. Or I always something. tell them to. I always say you guys should be in hip hop and ballet mm. just as much as heels because it's those little energy tastes that when you can infuse them into heels – that's what makes an incredible heels dancer, I think, is that versatility. Yes. That like not one, I, I can't stand when I see a performer and it's the same thing every <laughs> time. Like sure, they're beautiful. Sure, they're talented. Yeah. Sure, the choreo was like, it was good choreo, but it's, it's the same energy over and over and over again. I'm not the same energy over and over, you know, like, but maybe some people like that. So it's no judgment on it, right? Maybe some are creatures of habit and then it's like, Sure. Their vibe matches. Yeah. But I am not a creature of habit. So yeah. like when I see that, I can't, I don't appreciate it. Yeah. The way someone else might. Because you we're versatile, right? There's days where you feel very powerful and days maybe where you feel more shy or whatever. And if you yeah. can tap into the spectrum of emotions. And lean into it and not think like you have to be this one thing yeah. all the time. And I think good art leans into something almost selfishly. Maybe selfishly is the wrong word, mm -hmm, but like, mm -hmm. I don't think art is supposed to be balanced. It's supposed to be real, right? you know? And sometimes if we feel very egotistical, then the move is going to look like the way it's, that character is supposed to feel. Mm -hmm. If the character is supposed to feel shy, then 
then you lean into it. I feel like like a great song is, is great for the artist. Like they love it, mm-hmm. you know, and because mm-hmm. it taps into mm-hmm. how they're mm-hmm. feeling, then I can connect to that. I'm like, oh, right. they were really sad right, when they right, made right. that song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I might not even be sad, but because I, they tapped into it so much, right. I, I benefit from that. And I think what you're saying is for dance, you can't just stay on your safety frequency. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like you know how to look like a hottie and right. then you stay there. Right. Or only one way to look like a hottie. It's like right. there's many ways to do right, that. Right, for sure. What else? What other challenges do you see like when you, without giving out specifics of like this girl, that girl, right. like when you do your Zoom calls and that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. what are some other challenges that your students face? I think also it's the ability to connect a move to music quickly. So, or, or like, yeah, how to be proactive about it and trust the process. So many people want to understand it the first time it's taught Mm. and then immediately have questions before they've like just been okay with not knowing exactly what it is for a second. You know, like not enough people know the process of learning a dance. Describe it. So it's like the movements are introduced and you have to know like this is new. You can't overthink it. Mm. You can't go, wait, I didn't I already forgot the first move. That you're in the you're in your head too much. It's a feeling. So it's like you have to be okay with not knowing the sequence a couple times. You just have to like move with it. Yeah. You know, so you can't be in your thinking mind. It you too the much. details come later. Mm. People try to get the details right away sometimes. Okay. So it's like get the gist of it, get the outline. And I explain the gist of it from the beginning. And I think that's why sometimes people want to be like, I, wait, what was that detail? But that's just me like implanting seeds. Right. Not really expecting them to focus on them yet. I just know like brainwashing wise, I'm like making you know what you need to know. But like don't overthink it yet. So it's almost like a, it, it should feel like a rough sketch first before yeah. you start doing the details of yes. the eyes or everything. It's and like, that's just, just art traditionally. Yeah. Yeah. So I think with dance classes, especially maybe because they're time limited. Mm. I have to sneeze. Uh, people want to be like, wait, wait, wait. What was that first day count? Like they, right. they get too stressed and mm. don't allow the process to just like, unf- they don't trust the process. Yeah, of letting go and surrendering to what this piece is supposed to be about. A lot of people also are challenged by, I think, not wanting to look stupid. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so they don't know how to just loosen up and like go for it in the beginning, even if they don't have it yet. Yeah. They want to have it before they go for it. Yeah, it's so frustrating. That could be applied to life in so many ways. Right, that's true. Right, it's like um, tapping into the frequent frequency before the details. Right, right, exactly. Like if you can feel it, then it'll start to get clearer. The more like you like keep mm-hmm. feeling it, that's exactly what the law of attraction is. Like yeah. just know that, just know the gist. The universe gives the details the how yes same thing yeah right like they say uh if you have a big enough why you can figure out the how mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know yeah i think sometimes we're afraid to go for what we want because we don't know how we're gonna get it well, it's of like course. you can figure out how you we've gotten to the moon we right. can figure things out you know i feel like we sometimes just don't have a big enough purpose like when i was in school i wasn't that good of a student because i wasn't connected right mm-hmm. i was did, i was good at math and art but otherwise i was like checked out but then when i had mentors that would give me books like psychology books and that kind of stuff, I wanted to read it. Mm. It was for me. It was my assignment. I would start highlighting stuff mm-hmm. <laughs> and writing paragraphs about it. I became like an A student out of school, mm-hmm. right? Because I cared about learning that, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think um, now the world of education is um, evolving. Like what you do is education, mm-hmm. obviously. Mm-hmm. But I mean, like it's not a college. Right. 
it's not like you're teaching a trade per se, although people could be professional dancers. It's like... Um, it's like emotional and physical education, yes. mind, body, spirit education. Yes. Yeah. That's why I always repost your stuff and, and, and I comment on it is because mm -hmm. I know that, that stuff mm -hmm. is needed. Yeah. Like this stuff should be in schools. For sure. I say that all the time, <laughs> which actually my daughter goes to one that is like this. Really? Completely. What kind of school is it? It's like a pod system school. It's these three amazing teachers that came from another very like divine type of schooling, but it was a bigger private school. Um, it's the guy who made Avatar. His ex-wife made this original school. Really? Where she wanted it to have principles like the movie Avatar, where it's like very next level. Yeah, yeah. Academically still like could compete with all the academics that are out there, but spiritually, emotionally, mentally. like. Is it like a Montessori? That's not what they had called it, but I, this one I don't. I didn't know much about. I just know the three three teachers came from there. Got it. And made their own system. Okay. Like their own okay. little pod system school. Yeah, yeah. It's a private school. Yeah. And it, it's like a private homeschool is what it's um, uh, like legalized as. Okay. <laughs> and yeah, so these three teachers all have we like I think about ten students each. Nala has about ten students in her class. Yeah. But there's like the teacher. There's no boundary. There's healthy boundaries, of, of course, between teacher-student relationship. But she acts very motherly. It's very motherly and very mm. personal to every student. It's not like one way for all. Right. The teacher gets personal with every student, develops yes. a personal relationship, cares about if they don't like it, okay, well, these are the choices that are here and here's the other thing that you could do. Like more nurturing. It's way more nurturing. That's amazing. But not like babying, like... Nala's teacher is a black belt. Like she's actually a tough <laughs> ass. Like I really love her. She has the heart and yeah. the like, okay, that's not a good, or she, she has great wording. She goes, yes. that wasn't a, like, she's like a supportive thing yeah. to say to yeah. everyone or what, like her, her words are very highly evolved. Yeah. That's amazing. So Nala, when she comes home, she goes, instead of saying, can I have help? I noticed she started saying, mom, I need support. Oh. She started saying that. And I was like, okay. And <laughs> like, that was really, well, how can I support you? <laughs> like, <laughs> so that's our conversation. Every time she needs help, she says, she doesn't say, I need help. She says, mom, I need support. That's a great wording. Yeah. I, I learned that at a seminar this year to use that phrase more, to ask people, like, how can I support you? Yeah. And then that's the natural what you say back. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. It's starting them off in that way of speaking. Yeah. So, okay, we have our final 15 minutes here. I wish, okay. we, honestly, we could be talking for hours, but uh -huh. I want to continue getting as much value from this for the, the listeners at home, okay? Um, rapid fire stuff, okay? okay. Um, if you could send a message to your 17-year-old self from the future, what would you say? Follow the good feelings. Keep going. What are three things you're grateful for right now? I am grateful for my ability to discern I'm grateful for all of the experiences that I've had that led to the wisdom that I have. And I'm grateful for my class. If you could leave your daughter with only one teachable message for life, what would that be? How would you phrase it? Uh-huh. Mm. If she forgot everything else you ever taught her but this. Okay, wait. Oh, my God. This is so much weight removing pressure. Um do everything with all your heart. Mm. I love that. Mm -hmm. If when you die many years from now, let's say 100 years from now, right, and 
all your work gets deleted except for one message for the world now, not just for your daughter, what would that message be? What would that teaching be, the last? So not a specific video, but like my own verbiage. Yeah, yeah. What would be like the final message? Like if all your work just got deleted and you could leave one one message for the world. Mm -hmm. We always have the ability to choose. Mm. Mm-hmm. What is the meaning of life for you? Evolution. What do you love about yourself? My heart. What do you love about your students? Their love and commitment to our energetic exchange. What is feminine energy to you? And you can take your time answering this one if you want. Mm -hmm. Divine feminine or just feminine? Divine feminine. Divine feminine. Divine feminine is just as powerful as divine masculine. And that's the misconception that I needed to clear the last couple of years is like, you don't have to step into your masculinity to make your point Mm -hmm. or to show up strongly or to be powerful. So the misconception is that they're not... They are not just as powerful. The conception, the truth, is that they are just as powerful. They just have different strengths. And so divine femininity, the strengths of that is nurturement, slowness, introspection, caretaking, detachment in the way of it's like they know it's not personal. They Divine feminine sees what are you really hurting from? Mm. What am I really hurting from? Like that. But I guess that roots back to empathetic. Yes. Um and what is the divine masculine to you? Logical, clear-headed, um, discerns without much emotion involved, which sometimes we need, you know? Like, mm-hmm. let's say I woke up in a day and said, I'm so tired, my body's overworked, but my taxes are due. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> divine masculine goes, you can rest when you get back home, but yeah. your taxes are due. Yeah. So divine feminine might go, I'm going to listen to my body. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so like we need both. <laughs> like because I realized I got too divinely feminine. I was I wasn't handling my legal things. I let my car go expired. Didn't yeah. do my taxes for a year. I yeah. literally like was listening to my divine feminine. <laughs> yeah. And I lacked divine masculinity at one point. So now growing that back. What do you wish more men would know about women? That we are all made of both energies and our only differences is truly physical. And so more of seeing each other in each other. Mm. So that way there's like, and that we're all mirrors for each other. I think that's like an all relationship thing. Yeah. But I think if men saw that to women, vice versa too though women to men, Mm. then the dynamic would be very divine. What do you hope people see you as? Um, A vessel that is living my own experience and channeling my own information to the best of my ability. Are you optimistic about the future? And if so, why? Yes, because it's a choice, right? Because I could choose not to be. 
but I'm choosing to be. And because I'm choosing to be, like I see a million doors of why it could be. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> um, me too. I'm very optimistic for the future. What artist are you more, most listening to right now? What kind of music like today, how you feel right now in this era of your life? Yeah. Like what songs are you connecting to? What kind of music? It is different every day. I usually listen to the song that I'm teaching to a lot, so okay. Beyonce. Okay. And then last week was T-Pain. And I usually make a radio station on Spotify around the song I'm teaching to, so I just stay in that energy. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Yeah, so even though... You might not be listening to the same song over and over right. again. You hear other it's things in frequencies. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's great. Mm -hmm. I like that. Yeah, it works. Shout out to Spotify Radio. Yeah, yeah. They're it's really much good. better than Apple Music, to yeah. be honest. Like, <laughs> because they curate really amazing playlists. They do. Yeah, they really do. They keep it on the on the pocket. I would I didn't go there for a minute. I was like so glued to Apple for some reason, but I'm really happy I crossed over. Um what's your mission for this year, for twenty twenty two? This year, I wanted to allow myself to be as adventurous and fun and humorous as possible. Myself. Yes. Because yeah. I have that side to me. Some of my biggest idols are goofballs. Yes. That's what I love about them. Yes. But I get nervous to show that side of me sometimes, even to that. my family. Yeah. But my dog's bringing it out <laughs> um, because like, you just like do weird shit to make them get excited. Yeah. And I think that that's probably one of the reasons why I got her. I think puppies bring out weirdness in people in a good, like the goofiness, like you do weird stuff to keep them happy. Like, yeah. or maybe not everybody, maybe it's just, no, yeah, I don't know. for me, for sure. Yeah. It's, they, you they talk bring, to them a certain yeah. way, like you, you dance a certain <laughs> way. Like, have you created a voice for honey? For her? Yeah. Like when you speak on her behalf, you have a voice. Like when I talk about here, like Brazzy talks like this. Oh, He's like, hey dad. Like, this is Brazzy's voice, like this. Okay. No, I haven't had a voice for her yet. <laughs> no, I'm still learning her personality. Yeah. And you named her after Honey from the movie, right? Honey from Matilda. The oh, teacher. from Matilda. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Matilda, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. from Miss Honey. Yeah. Also, um, the community, Honeybee community. Yeah. And then also, there was another thing. Miss Honey from Matilda, Honeybee community. And the Honey Oh, the movie. movie. Yeah, with Jessica Just Alba. Honey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Love that movie. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I remember I watched that quite a few times. That was like when I was first seeing like, oh, yeah, the dance world. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It looked like such a glorification of the music video and dance world. But it, was... it still had that grittiness. Yeah. And I just, the tum, like tummies were in back then. It was yes. tummies. It wasn't butts. It wasn't boobs. It was tummies. It was crop tops and the low rise jeans. It was yeah. abs. Yeah. That's what was hot. So like her tummy, it was just like inspiring. What do you feel about it? And we only got like maybe 10 minutes left here. I want to keep getting as much of you yeah, as I yeah. can because I love your energy. Um, what do you think about the changing standards for beauty in women? Like what you just said, right? Right. Tummy. That's so funny. You just said because yeah. like, I have awareness of like, oh shit, I hope no woman thinks I'm saying only abs are beautiful. Right. Because I think like we said, it's all choice. It's all what we prefer. Yeah. If you're wanting abs because it makes you feel your best, mm -hmm. then fucking go for them. If you feel your best with curves, whatever that means to you, however much weight that means, if you feel your best authentically and you could say, I'm happy. Yes. Then fuck yeah. And that energy as, as a guy, that's very attractive. 
Right. I've seen women that that seem to have like perfect, what you would think is a perfect body, right? right? What, what we're told is a perfect body, but they seem so uncomfortable. Yeah, I, see, I completely agree. And I'm like, agree. oh, that's not attractive. Right. But when I see somebody who's happy, mm-hmm. who's feeling good, who's joyous, yeah. that's hot. 100%. So yeah. that's what like, I don't think we should celebrate any kind of weight just because we should be all inclusive in the realms of like, I think we should be celebrating genuine happiness. Yes. More than keeping the focus on weight. Yeah. It's like, but like, because sometimes you might think, I wonder, I've, I've had this conversation a few times. So I've talked to certain guys that feel they don't like that being overweight is ever celebrated. And I go, interesting, why? Like, I, I want to hear their perspective. And right. they go, because it's not healthy. Some of these conversations I've had with personal trainers and stuff, mm-hmm. they go, it's not healthy. I go, okay, like I totally understand that. But then, yeah, so there, there is just that argument to it too. It's like, are we helping people, are we enabling people from making very healthy decisions Yeah. by celebrating uh, a certain level of weight that isn't really healthy for anyone to carry? Yeah, and know? I think there may be some um, um, confusion in the messaging because no matter where our body is at health-wise, we should always love it. right. Loving our body and being grateful for our body is something that we can do whether we're healthy or sick. You could be right. having cancer and still be grateful for your body. And I you think know? that's it where is... the campaigns and everything is beautiful. That that was my point of like, I think it all circles back. It's yeah. all needed because if more people that are any weight size like see themselves and relate in ads and stuff, then they go, oh, they feel a sense of acceptance. And through that acceptance, they might make better choices. And so it yeah. all like, not saying that, it's not a good, it's a touchy subject, right? Yeah. Not saying that's not a good choice to be any certain way because everyone's choice is theirs. Yeah. But as, like, again, as long as it's making them happy and if they could genuinely say they're happy, then fuck yeah. Like, and, to, and also to think about that, that is a relatively new problem. Being overweight is like a in the last hundred years problem. Mm. Prior to this, mm-hmm. if you were overweight, it means that you were very successful because it meant that you had food. Huh. So many people around the world starved to death, yeah. right? That like now I, I read this article that in developing nations, they have less of a hunger problem and more of a obesity problem, right? right? So it's, it's a problem of a good thing. Like we have so much food, right? That now if we, that, that like managing our weight is an issue by choice. Mm-hmm. Does that make any sense? Yes. Like, so I think we could also look at it that way as well. Cause like, I'm empathetic. Like I don't, I don't think there is any right or wrong way to live. I think people should just be aware of how their, how their body is responding, right? Like if they feel healthy doing it, then it's like, who am I to say they need to be a certain way, right? Right. But, if they feel healthy doing it. Yeah. I think that's important to reinstate because food can be cheap as fuck now, right? Yeah. There's You can get really, back in the day, there was only so many ways to get food and it cost a certain, right? But yeah. McDonald's is down the street. You could get yeah. X amount of food for like a little bit of money. Yeah. But, you know, or you could use that money towards something like building a sandwich. Like you could use your money differently to make healthy decisions. And it is true that, you know, there are certain godly foods that will elevate your like body, mind and spirit. And there are foods that will cloud you and weigh you down. So. Yeah. And it doesn't mean you can't have fun. I still enjoy a nice taco. <laughs> of course, know? me too. Yeah. yeah. 100%. But all in balance. And again, like not like listening to if it feels good. Yeah. Yeah. So in closing, and I feel like we could have kept talking for so long, but um, I'm really grateful for your movement. Thank you. I'm really glad that you and people like you are out there teaching from experience 
and from a place of like um, humble growth, because like you just said, you don't even always do the same thing, right? But you're out there teaching people like, hey, here's how good we could be, right? Mm -hmm. And I think it's a it's a two-way relationship, right? Because you provide the example for your students, mm -hmm. but then they also give you a sense of accountability, right? Mm -hmm. Because you're teaching them to do this stuff, it makes you have to do it. For sure. As well, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like you're bettering yourself while helping other people better exactly. themselves too. Yeah. You know, and I'm just really glad that that's, that kind of thing is becoming more popular now. Mm -hmm. You know, like every time I see your page growing and you're doing things, I'm like, yay. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah. But like, that that's how I approach my class too. I literally, what you just described is what I tell my students too. I go, you know, this is a mutual exchange, right? Yeah. I'm here to teach you things you might not know, but you're also helping me apply them too. If I'm cheering you on, you got to cheer me on, yeah. vice versa. Like it's like a, yeah. yeah. I just keep reminding everyone of the mutual exchange this is. And I always think about the the residual impact of that, right? Mm -hmm. Imagine just even one person who might have been like suicidal and then went to your class and then started developing self-love again. Mm -hmm. And then you could save their life. And then imagine when they get married and they have a kid and that kid could become a senator. And For that person sure. could be the president that saves the world. Like You never know yeah. the, the, the residual impacts of you raising the frequency of people out of pain and into more healing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm a fan of what you do. And it's so funny, even as you said healing, you know, if you were to H-E-E-L-I-N-G, I know <laughs> oh, that, that wasn't like, I, I thought of that before I, like that. Yeah. I had seen it anywhere. Like I wasn't, my point is maybe it existed, but I didn't see it before I thought it. Yeah. And I went, wow. Okay. Funny how you got me. The, funny how I could have done hip hop. I could have done like, yeah. but I'm doing healing work. Do you yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, it's just the shoe is so symbolic to the duality of that word. I and never thought about that connection. That's Some that's people really have beautiful. and have now made brands out of it. And there was moments where I thought about changing confidence to include healing. Right, right. But I thought, you know what? It's less about me snagging that word and just me knowing that's what I'm doing. Yeah. Yeah. And where can people find you? If people want to sign up for your classes or check out more of your work, um, let them know www.goinginwithbrin.com. It is such a beautiful website. It's all black and white. It has a very iconic feel because I wanted to welcome everyone into mm. that energy. Yes. I wanted to harness it myself. I did a photo shoot where I felt like I really harnessed that iconic energy. Yeah. But so that other people can go, like as they're logging in, it's like they can step into it, you know? Yeah. You created so, an aesthetic. Mm -hmm. Goinginwithbrin.com. Goinginwithbrin.com. That's like the main place. Like if that's all you go to, that's I'm fine with that. <laughs> but no, youtube.com slash Nicole is my YouTube. We're almost at 600K subs there. I'm pretty proud of that because I haven't, um, it's just all my class videos, yeah. you know? So like the... The fan base is really for for that. Yeah. And then uh, Instagram is Love Bryn Nicole and Pumpfidence. Awesome. And yeah. if they uh, ever want to catch you with an in-person class, yes. where can they find you? So my beginner Mondays, Pumpfidence Beginner Heels, is Monday at Dynamic Duo at 8 p.m. And that's in Los Angeles? Yeah, mm -hmm. like Burbank, Glendale area. Okay. Dynamic Duo Dance Studio is their Instagram. Awesome. And then Friday nights, 8 p.m. at Playground is Intermediate Advanced Pumpfidence. Nice. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you for coming, Brent. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. I love talking with you. Yeah, likewise. All right. Thanks, everybody. Mm -hmm.